welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the small wave world champion. I think there's two people. Ben Gravy and Liam Morgan need to have a surf off in two foot waves. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I absolutely big... mean this. Hey, that's a big claim. You won't see a bloke either A, enjoy himself, one, A, one, A, enjoy himself more, or B, make the most of the pocket more than you. We were discussing this, and I, what's his surname? Morgan. That was it. That was that was the middle name intro to, to, to today's show. But yeah, you just got up from another one. You got in on your board. Describe to the listeners what I'm on about here, dude. Well, first I have to come back to the fact that we missed Ben Gravy coming to this country by about a week. He was interviewed yes. by the Better Surf podcast, the UK Surf Show. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of which, I didn't even know he was here, but that's another. We'll talk about I that. didn't know he was here. We'll, we'll talk about that in Surf Media because I did watch it back and uh, I'm looking forward to that episode that the, the boys there recorded with him. But um, yeah, I... It's been a little bit of a... We've had a drought, haven't we, up until probably about two or three weeks ago. Uh, you've been away surfing and I've been down in Cornwall as well. And then we've had some local, unexpected local waves. Uh, and we've, um, you know, there's, a, there's been a run of these little tiny um, uh, shore breaky sessions. But I just had one as the tide dropped out. Two, two and a half foot, maybe three on the occasional set. On my favourite board, the Mick Fanning Little Marley 510. And it was epic i think that's my favorite surfing but it's a very kind comparison william i do appreciate it ben gravy and me um i'd love him to teach me a few of those tricks that he pulls on a on a foamy yeah but he what ben gravy did for us mortals um was show us how to get stoked in really i mean how do we define this in what we call crumbly Weaker, smaller waves. Or novelty waves. Novelty waves. He 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 shone a light of of enthusiasm on smaller stuff by riding boards that were thick and soft and long, and that sounds like a euphemism. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like your dick, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if it's eight feet. Sorry for any um, anybody listening. <laughs> He doesn't usually. How come Liam's saying that shit? I know say Liam's like, the one that normally holds back. I think the the tides are turning. Will's going the other way. Um, but it's this thing where he he bought enthusiasm for small stuff, and I think it's transformed a lot of surfers' mindsets. I think, yeah, um, in how they approach the ocean. Because um, he'll also go out in 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 big waves too. Basically anything. Um, and I'm okay at this. I'm. I'm. It's a work on for me. We discussed this earlier on. I. I'm quite tall. These are all my excuses coming out now. All right. I'm quite tall. I've still got a hard board, so I think I need to evolve onto a soft board. That's another thing. Um, and I've got this longboard vibe going on, which I've been working on for a few years in small stuff. So I've got my small wave game on. But in just in the last two weeks, it's kind of all I've surfed. So what I've done is I've had this lovely surf trip. It's been fantastic on the North Coast. It's been between one and three feet, really clean, big open spaces. We're very, very blessed in this country with some of our beaches because we have a magnificent stretch of sand. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to just go <laughs> like literally two or 300 meters, that's all it is. 
further down the beach on my own in a shorty catching two foot waves doing little nose rise little gliding cutbacks and, and everything else and what i need to adapt to and get better at is kind of i think getting another board it's that can be a thing for some people i think for me it's that kind of maybe it's that fun board that's really soft that could go near people that also could go onto the pebbles more easily too like yeah. we have we have uh, pebbles and and stones at our beach on our shore break our shore break when it's small is the best wave yeah that's the reality isn't it and when yeah. the tide drops out the waves get a little bit there's a lack of shape lack of power etc and longboarding for me then when i do it then i so because i want that space i want i'll go further down the beach it kind of works. I did it yesterday and it was all right. You had these little 10 meter rides, maybe 15 meter, very, very mm -hmm. short rides. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. But I think what it is for me is in the last couple of days, I've noticed that I'm surfed out, but surfed out of small waves. Not, on, not only are you surfed out, you're wearing the t-shirt. I am actually officially wearing surfed out. And in fact, I was going to mention Glenn on today's show. Glenn, what a legend you are at surfed out. Um, and what an, what an apt name for a uh, surf shop. Because, yeah, I am definitely surfed out. What I'm hankering for is a bottom turn. Yes. I'm just... And, and, and listen, I'm probably speaking to every... Not even local, but every sort of surfer on the planet to a degree who get to... And I'm talking like proper surfer here who, who want to go out in winter, in summer. What, come rain or shine, they want to get out there is that you've got those surfs, you get towards the end of summer, hmm. and whether you're a local or traveling into waves, you get towards the end of summer, and you're like, yeah, I just would love a little bit of punch. Yeah. You get this across the globe. It doesn't matter whether you're in Oz, in Hawaii, Indo, well, Indo's maybe a bit different, but South Africa, France, you get your swell seasons, and you get your off seasons. That's how it works, right? But I, I felt that our return to waves this week is a little... Um, just a taste of yes. what might be to come. Just a little tickle of this is, we're lining you up. Because we've had, 2022, as we've said on the last few shows, has been diabolical. Not that we ever say the shit waves, but comparative to the waves we've had previously, previous years at home, hasn't been that good, has it? So we're just trying to find, yeah, th those waves that give us a little bit more power and punch. And they are, I feel that they're coming. I feel it in my bones. We we are we are doing the the surf prayer rather than the surf dance yeah. that was once done, but we're doing the surf prayer and it's to just talk about what we want and how we want it to be, and it's it's you and a few mates uh -huh. who who all understand the lineup, what's going on. There's a bit of punch in the wave, maybe it's a bit cold, maybe it's a bit gnarly, a bit raw, and it's the opposite to what we have now, um, and that's the duality of of everything, isn't it? You you. You can't have one without the other. You can't have all this beautiful sunshine right now without lots of people being around. That's how it works. But then you can't also have, you know, the the, the pumping waves without like a gnarly paddle. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> that's often what we've said before. You know, we when we do have really pumping waves, kind of again across the globe, but in particular where we live, well, the duality in that then is you now got a serious workout on your hands. You're going to be cold. And you're going to be miserable, but you're going to get some good waves. <laughs> but you're going to get some good waves. That's yeah. <laughs> how it works, isn't it? And it swings in roundabouts. You know, we 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 long for the thing that we don't have, and that's of course um, a very natural and very normal and human thing. But at the same time, 
we really have to temper that with our mindfulness and be able to say, look, let's just enjoy what we have when we have it. Um, and what an amazing summer we have had. It's been like we're sat out again now in what feels like 20 Easily. degrees or something. Easily. It's just been that kind of summer, hasn't it? And we're touching September and it's been good, which is why we haven't had waves. Lots of high pressure, lovely That's it. blue skies. And then, uh, but it's coming back. You can feel it. Tis. Tis. There's a little glimmer of ground swell, like genuine hurricane ground swell that's lingering in around the sort of 10th, 12th of September. And yeah, that gets me very excited. Very, very excited indeed. When you get out the back in bigger conditions, I've often said this, I find it, it it's, it's calming because the level of focus in the individuals out there seems to be a little higher. And that's based purely on the waves, not on anyone else, because they're not having to deal with anyone else. They're just dealing with this this wave coming, that one coming. What flips in reverse in summer is your focus tends to be more on who do I need to avoid? Who's going for that wave? Is it their wave? You know, how many people are going to drop in on this wave from whatever else? So your focus tends to be more social orientated. Whereas when it gets a bit bigger and you're out there and at the back, it's just the waves. Yeah. And there's this really still focus amongst all the surfers there. And there's maybe a bit of extra kind of respect for, you know, little tip of the hat. Yeah, you're out the back. You're out the back. Yeah, you made it out. Well done and whatever. But we're all bridging these gaps. And and, and, and listen, tell the listeners, because you, have, as we've talked about a number of occasions, have have found bigger ways tricky, but that you also know there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential happiness there. Tell the listeners that you, well, you, you yeah, tell Yeah, it's strange. I think over the last couple of years, I've got, it's got a bit, e- not easier, but I've slain a couple of those demons. But I still would prefer, you know, you, it's it's knowing where, and this is why the community of surfers like we've got here with the Mindful Surfers are uh, interesting because you, you, everybody sort of starts to dial where they're happiest, where they're sort of happy surf places. And um, for some people, that's like one and a half foot slop on a sunny beach and then for others it's sort of double overhead you know gnarly conditions and there's no one out so it's kind of finding your place and I think mine's kind of slightly increased the size and power than it than it used to be but equally my joy factor comes from those like you know three to five foot summer days when it's just clean it's wind free as well that's the other one and you're in a thinner wetsuit having having fun um and I, and I think the sort of combination of like high vitamin D plus waves plus the sort of holiday vibe sits with me really well. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am really looking forward to some of those kind of um, autumnal surfs when you've got, you know, great, great energy in the water. Um, the, it's a real local vibe, especially where we are. Um, there's a bit of kick to the waves. And then you come out and you, you've got that sort of cozy sort of, you know, walk towards Christmas feeling of surfing powerful waves with good people and having a good time. But I'd be really interested this summer um, to see how, sorry, this winter, to see how we're getting with some of those sort of punchier, punchier waves um, as as the practice curve has been um, you pushed again. You know? it. Um, and so that's going to be really, really in- interesting to see. Um, but I think it's just seeing, you know, wh- where where is your happy place when you're in the water mm. and how do you combine that with um, flow 
So if it's if it's too easy, you're not getting the flow. Um, but if it's too much, you're also pushed out of that because you're you're worried about survival. So um, yeah, it's going to be a real challenge to see where we get to this winter. It's really cool, dude, and it, it's it's a constant journey where there's no destinations. Yeah. Um, and it's a massive cliche that we've heard that a million times, but we'll hear it again because we all need reminding that it is a journey. And like the board thing on that journey as a surfer is fascinating because it can make a difference. I, I feel like I've got a foamy coming, maybe like a shorter one. Yeah. Still really thick on the volume, like yeah. still up there in the sort of 60, 70 litre mm-hmm. beast, kind of catch anything. Mm. So maybe a little bit like your Marley that you've got the Mick Fanning Marley yeah. 510, but maybe like a 6.2 version. Yes, yeah. So so something really thick, really fun that I can almost just kind of just boogie boy sometimes yeah. for a laugh yeah. and just just really dial back the kind of pure fun element of small waves and kind of regenerate that a little bit. So that's one for me. One for yourself that I've noticed is there was a shoreboard that was potentially lacking and you did get one just recently. Yeah, as I was saying last last episode, um, and I've surfed it now. And there you go. And and one of the things with with riding smaller boards is when you go out in powerful waves. Obviously, duck diving's easier. Yeah. So it can help you feel a bit calmer. So it's this it's this constant journey of tweaking, isn't it? Surfing's this little tweak here, little tweak there, little learning there. Yeah. Add that bit in there. Adapt to this there. So on, so on, so forth. From all your experiences, good and bad, because it's actually the difficult situations that teach you the most as we know well it's it's amazing and because i'm not noel salas um i'm just a sort of regular 46 year old bloke <laughs> no salas ball reviews Fuck. although he has had a double hit replacement so and he still rips um has he just are yeah. you serious yeah look at it you watch him surfing now i mean he can't get as low as he, he said he could but he's coming i mean he is an inspiration to any aging surfer out there <laughs> no salas ball reviews there there he is he is I absolutely love Noel Salas yeah. because he is absolutely authentic and he's enthusiastic. Yeah. And he's he's genuine and he's just so there and present and I just love his whole vibe. I don't know if Noel is as aware about his ability and the waves that he gets to surf as much as he is, as much as he thinks he is because yeah. <laughs> you've got your average Joe listen to it who's carrying a couple more pounds yeah. than Noel. He's, car- he's maybe like an extra few inches taller than him too. Ain't surfing <laughs> Trestles as his regular wave, who, by the way, not only is, is Trestles Noel Salas' regular wave, but Noel owns the lineup because he's surfed it since he was 12. So it, it's I watch, when the, if you want to, like a, watch, to watch a board review with a pinch of salt, well, maybe add a bucket of salt <laughs> and maybe like the entire Atlantic Ocean when you watch, because we, we do this running joke that we wear like, I got the five, five. Yeah. Um, you know, stand a stock of dimes, you know, Almeric, uh, fever, and it's in like, you know, 19 wide and, and I'm listening to it going, oh no. This is a great groveler. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what he is. And it's great for the one, you know, the one to three feet range. If you really want to try and grovel through the flat sections and we're watching his one to three feet going like, dude, that's been the best wave we would have ever had. <laughs> That's like the best day we've ever had is his is his kind of one. But that's the thing about surfing. I think what's really cool is there's a, the, the, there's enough people like us and like Ben Gravy who are doing the flip side to that and are actually talking about the realities of being a surfer in, in, in a place that gets average surf, which is, again, yeah. let's be honest, most of the world. Even yeah. if you've lived on the Gold Coast, you're not surfing like three feet overhead snapper rocks every day. You're getting... 
your beaches, which are getting in their two, three feet windswell. That's, and it's just like, you know, that's uh, even Hawaii. Yeah. How do you get the most out of those conditions is the key to happiness, isn't it? And that's what Ben Gravy brought really is like, how do you get the fullest joy out of every bit of wave that you get? This is it. This is um, it. But I have to say about that little mark, because like you, your obsession with the puddle jumper, I've just sold my puddle jumper, actually, yeah. um, uh, having cleaned it up. and Because I, it became surplus to requirements in my quiver. And this is really interesting if you're out there and you're looking at what to get and how to surf. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm sort of an improving surfer of, of advancing years who's enthusiastic to, to get better and develop and, and will try anything to do that. Um, and the puddle jumper was a great board and it's re- it, re- it also helped my surfing. But it started to become a bit obsolete between all of these other boards that we were talking about. You know, and, and anybody that's listened throughout the whole range of these episodes has known I've surfed everything from like old uh, Gulfstream speed dialers to mid-lengths um, to different types of foamies to the puddle jumper to the Luke Short um, sort of hyper groveler really. That's like a performance groveler in many ways. And because I have the McFanning and then I always have this performance groveler in the Luke Short. The great board that is a puddle jumper became a bit surplus. I just never used it. And one of our buddies was always saying, are you going to, is that just like a lonely board? So you bring it in the van every <laughs> yeah, time yeah. and you never surf it. And um, it is true. And I kind of, I, I've surfed it a few times in between and then thought, I don't really need this board now. Uh, especially how uh, now I'm trying to embarrass myself on a, Almeric flyer <laughs> when the waves get really good. So, I, I I've got this sort of uh, puddle puddle jumper esque foamy in the Mick Fanning Little Marley, which I would recommend anybody anybody get from kid to you know aging Grom who wants to improve their surfing in slack waves. It's a great board. So I've got that one, and then the the Luke Short, which is as I say six two, but really kind of pulled in tail, very very. On a twin, it's a twinny as well. So on a twin, on a clean face, it makes it makes me feel like I'm surfing like Noel Salas. So that's always a, a winner. Uh, if you saw it on video, you would definitely disagree with that. But uh, <laughs> I think I was surfing like Noel Gallagher, <laughs> Noel <laughs> Salas. Woohoo! Um, and then this um, Almeric Flyer, which for the first time I surfed and 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 really liked. But I think that's going to be a challenge to kind of get that working properly. Um, so this puddle jumper has gone to a, a better home. Thanks for buying it, Tiago. It, it's one of those ones where, in watching your surf style, it it would make sense because you, you're someone that gets incredibly low to your board. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before. I, on the other hand, almost far too upright, like but like this kind of like this sail in the wind, like standing up like like a mast um, that I need to work on. Like I need to work on getting getting lower and compressing even deeper into the pocket your work on is coming up a bit yeah so that you can compress more off off your glutes and quads and and push through those those mm. heel rail turns and things like that and what's really really cool is you can then see the crossover with how some boards work for some people some work don't work for others based on that person's style at that time and what they're working on yeah and and with yourself because you get so low to the board in so low to the wave, those twinnies and quads and those slidey glidey boards that do these kind of lovely up and down maneuvers work a dream, like yeah. an absolute dream. The work on for you is once you come down a really a steeper bowl that's around head high or maybe a little overhead too to better to really open up into the face, is coming hard off the bottom and then as you snap off the top, is is actually extending 
and not staying compressed, but coming into extension. Yes. So that you can flare out the tail. And that then is your Almeric. But the reason why it might not be your puddle is because the puddle wants to be pocket surfed on rail, not flat and not gliding. So if it wants to be surfed on rail, well, you're going to need to take it out in waves that, I don't know, one, two, three feet overhead or, or at least head high in order to be able to surf it like that. Um, but then if it's getting on for that kind of size, exactly. get on a board that can do that better, yeah. which is a, a short board. Yeah. So it's all just such a journey. Like you, you really, I think what we've got to do is we've got to really be able to remove kind of our rigid beliefs, stay pretty fluid about how our equipment needs to be, our approach needs to be, um, our mindset needs to be, you know, where we surf, when we surf, like all these things are very fluid. And, and, and there's only one permanent thing in the universe and it's change itself there's things are always changing always evolving always moving and also to um said before a long long time ago but this was a real big eye opener for me right at the beginning of like being very honest with yourself about where you are as a surfer and kind of you know i've said many times you kind of call yourself a surfer for for many years for me sort of coming on 15 20 years and and actually it's only in the last four or five that you start to open up and say actually you know no 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 this is how you progress this is what you do and and there's a point in that um, journey where you say, how much of it is uh, the board and how much of it is me? Uh, and this, when you're honest with yourself about, you know, a bit like, well, ca ca does this board turn very well? Well, is it the board that doesn't turn very well? Or is it the fact that you don't know how to move your body in order to turn the board well? And so if you can kind of balance that alongside your board choices and the, 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 the experimentation that you do with the board, then you can find some real good good places to be and all the while asking yourself that question as you go through the board journey as well it's like well is this board pre preventing me from doing something or is there something i need to work on outside of the water that will enable me to do that very thing on the board and that could be let's say different compressions and extensions it could be strength training in the legs it could simply be where you're looking with your head it could be your arm positioning all of these things and you can see this from sort of different uh, surf coaches as you go through the gears of, of learning um, but being honest with yourself about that is this first bit of realizing what board would be best for you and not blaming the board ra rather, you know, it is dude massively. And I, when I got on the puddle jumper, um, I definitely found the board that was going to be perfect for me in my journey because I found a board that helped me excel on what I'm already enjoying. Yeah, which is this hard rail, hard outside rail, but just really hard, hard bottom terms. But also at the same time, if I'm going to reach those next levels and kind of reach those new floaters, those new uh, foam climbs, those those little barrel pockets, etc., I'm also going to have to really compress on that board. Yeah, because it won't just do that for me. It won't glide through those sections for me. So it's right in the middle, right, right in the perfect way. But you you kind of discover this through trial and error. There's there's only one way of finding out what is the right ball for you. It's just keep trying different boards the other thing with this though that's really important if you're listening to this thinking about board choices which <laughs> i'm saying that like <laughs> i'm saying that like a surfer who's listening to this right now isn't thinking of their next board anyway that's but that's a whole nother thing but so let's 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 put it that way. we're all thinking of our next board but with it it's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. couple of big big things play a role in surfboard performance how your mind was that day and how the waves were that day. And body too, because body and... Let's, let's call it mind-body. 
together. You know, it might have been a bit stiff. You might have been a little bit lower in energy. You might have been in not as great a mood or whatever. So that could really affect the surf. The other one is the, is the waves. And that, that one for me is the biggie. I've had a number of boards over the years where I've gone, oh man, not for me. Just not going to happen this board. Not going to happen. Then the very next surf, bang. And it's epic and it's amazing. Other times, I've had a certain fin in a board and the, and the, and the surf has been, well, uh, put in a different fin. Whoa. And again, so with boards, it's it's you've got to really put the time in. It takes a lot of patience being a surfer because you don't get to surf all the time. No. <laughs> but you must, must, must do everything you can to keep tweaking because finding that flow experience is that absolute balance between having enough challenge but not too much. And getting that little middle spot requires a patient and, and, and perseverant mind that keeps tweaking fins, the length of your board, the dimensions of the board, what waves you surf in, all these things. And finding out that little hack, that little way of, of like, oh, okay, if I ride it like this. Like, for example, for me, little simple one to reveal, if I ride my puddle jumper in junky waves around the sort of chest high head eye range, which we get a lot, if it's particularly junky, if I ride a quad in those, yeah. does not work. Mm. There's way too much release at the tail. Because what you get with junky waves is you do get these real sudden power pockets where you've got to react quite quickly. You haven't got any time to, to line up your turn. Mm. So thruster works better for that because thruster gives you way more stability and you can sort of like what we call jam it off the top where you're not really looking to sort of caress through the carve because there's not really much face there. You're just looking to quickly whack it. And for that, you need a, a middle fin. With a quad, if it's really clean, three, four feet really lined up and cut all these beautiful, like ball, ball shapes, quad all the way because you, you're able to line up your turns and do these long drawn out lip smacks and whatever. But I've learned that over like 50, 60, 80, 150 surfs. Like it takes yeah. ages to learn those little things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all about patience. It is. And it's all about finding a place where, you know, where are you happy? Where are you happy? Where are you happier mm. from the last surf? Or how do you, how do you like say, squeeze every last bit of joy out of your surfing? Uh, and that, as we know, then is good for the mind and you, your best experience. And the bit that helps you suspend all concept of time and place by the fun you're having in the wave is worth it it's worth the di dialing all the fins and the boards and everything and then for, for some people who listen and, and actually you know some just don't care because they're getting so much joy out of out of different ways of riding that wave energy i mean my middle kid at the moment is really into i had to pay him five quid to have a go on the bloody thing as well <laughs> but i've been banging on about belly boards you know the wooden plywood things and um and he was like, oh, it's rubbish. It's old fashioned. <laughs> um, and I said, look, try it. I'll give you five quid if you, I'll give you five quid if you give it a go properly. And he came back in after about two hours. <laughs> uh, he'd had my def the fin fins on as well. And he's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And he was ripping on these waves, you know. Uh, and um, it just shows you that, you know, now he's really into that. And because he's getting a maximum flow experience, and he's sat in the water, you know, you're immersed in the water as well, aren't you? Really strong swim kick he's got. So he kicks in with these fins and he's gliding down the face of these waves on this little bit of plywood. And so it's like, what's your what's your 
sort of choice of getting access to that flow state and whatever that is whether it's a hand plane a belly board a body board a surf a foamy a performance short board then that's the key isn't it really that's it keep adapting keep trying new things um and you can find those little pockets yeah suddenly it can yeah massive it can just click and yeah. it can be wonderful i really need to do the ply or the hand plane just get get into that i've got fins as well i need to kind of get those on and have a little crack at that Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Dude, very nice intro. Well, it's, Talking, good, it's good to be back. It's real nice to be back. We've had there's, there's lots to catch up on. Um, let's get into segment number two. A bit of mindfulness just to get yourself centered and get the breathing going so take a breath in through your nose and breathe out and take a breath in and breathe out take a breath in again And really notice the air as it goes out. Take another breath in through your nose. Hold your breath. And really slowly breathe out. Last breath. Great work, guys. There's a... um, phenomenal book called the oxygen advantage we have discussed this before yeah on the show that book is growing in popularity by the way in a, in a big big way and it was mentioned uh so chris martin have you heard of this so chris martin the lead singer of coldplay has used the book it's oh, a great oh, effect he'll get in he'll get involved with anything that lad <laughs> he'll get involved in anything that lad um <laughs> who's performing it oh chris martin's coming on stage with like iron maiden he's just brought his guitar to <laughs> In the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Chris Martin is the bloke that brings his uh, rugby boots to every game, even though he's sat in the crowd, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Sorry. I've got this great image of him, that, like you said, like bringing his guitar everywhere he goes. Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> with his I'm hand, at the back, I'll have a little. With his hand up. And like, oh, fucking hell, is that Chris Martin again? <laughs> It comes to every gig. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Oh, sorry, go on. I no, no, actually, well, I've got a great image of him now in the crowd at Lord's. In his cricket With Ollie wipes. Robinson. Is it oh, his name's Ollie Robinson? Or his, oh, what's his first? It's Ollie. I know his surname's Robinson. It's the fast bowler for England who got dropped. Yeah. Because he was suffering uh, with, with these five-day games, which is a test match yeah. of cricket. In case anyone was listening to this game, what the hell are they talking about? Um, it's actually the second most popular sport in the world. Yeah. Given how many people actually play it worldwide. But anyway... Um, and Ollie Robinson was advised by Chris Martin. Chris Martin saw that he was struggling. Hang on, <laughs> right? No way. Something like this, and this is this is via Ben Stokes. So, is that he he had read the book, the, the Oxford Advantage, Chris Martin had, and he recommended it to Ollie Robinson because because he had been dropped because of his lack of fitness, something like that. You must check out the story. Basically, Chris Martin is the new breathing guru. Uh, offering advice on 
how to be fitter as a cricketer, basically. Yeah, but the phone's going in places like, hello, Sir French, who? Chris Martin? Kelly Slater? Kelly, Chris Martin's on the phone. He's got some surf tips for you. <laughs> it would be. Uh, it would be. You can imagine him doing it. You think he's the old Harry Enfield character that pops up and goes, oh, you don't want to do it like that. Yeah, you yeah, want to do it like this. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's actually very good. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly what it's like. But go on. I interrupt. No, dude, it's great. Chris Martin, Oxygen Advantage. O- oxygen Advantage. Um, and, what, and what it is, is that basically Patrick McEwen discusses how important your breathing is with your performance. So the more, the more we breathe, the worse our performance gets. Which is a really strange concept because what he says in the book is through his research and experimentation and experience, etc., is that when you breathe through your nose, fewer breaths, let's say 10 breaths out of a minute while you're feeling the discomfort of cardiovascular exercise, as opposed to, let's say, 30, which you might take when you're really huffing and puffing, the 10 will lead to a higher cardiovascular output. That's the idea. Mm. Quite significantly, too, to a level where you go, the hell's that about? I don't know the exact science of why that is. He explains it in detail in the book. Mm. It's quite complicated as to why that works like that. But the one that I can relate to more in my research background in terms of parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system is if you breathe through your nose, you actually remain in a calmer state. So your body doesn't, um, have to give out as much adrenaline, therefore as much carbohydrate. So you basically, when you breathe better through your nose, you reserve your carbohydrate stores because your body is less stressed. So I know that for sure. Yeah. So if you want that two, three hour surf in pumping, pumping ways, and you're really putting in that, that paddling, try and breathe through your nose mm. as much as you can. And it's still such a difficult thing to do. I've been practicing the last two winters, three winters in fact, since reading that book, and it is hard, man. I'm getting better at it. You're there laying on your board and you're like, whoa, 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 like this. And, you're, and you're, you're taking paddle strokes, paddle strokes. And then you're having to, while dealing with the lact- lactic acid. Very, very strange. But it bloody works. You get to that second hour of the surf, the third hour in the surf. And your endurance is better because your carb stores aren't bottoming out it's- because of all the adrenaline, because of this high cortisol high breathing environment that you're creating and whatever. So really interesting, but I mean, I really recommend you read that book. Mm, mm, it's mm. a fantastic bit of, bit of, um, bit of research in there. Um, and Chris Martin is the guy going around all the events <laughs> going, you gotta have a look at this one, mate. You gotta have a look at this. You gotta be, you gotta breathe better. Um, even though he's actually from Devon, so he, yeah. he doesn't talk like that at all. Have you bought my album? Which one, Chris? You've done loads of the bloody things. Fair play so though, many. he's had a, that's what they should be called, fair play, not cold play, because they've had a good, they've done some good stuff. I know a lot of people who've been to see them and speak very highly of uh, the last few gigs that they've done. So, if or, I wish I could play and sing as well as those boys. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm the, only jealous. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty cool, they are pretty cool. But um, with yourself in the breathing tomorrow, when you're surfing, what's, are you aware of? I've done loads on this, this sort of nose versus n- mouth and all that sort of stuff. Nose breathing in the last few years has really helped. You know, I'm trying to get the whole fam to do it. Really, as that to kind of, especially for me because I've got like whatever sort of wax I've had on the nose. My 
septum in there is sort of crooked and misshapen and all that sort of jazz. So it was a real challenge to start with, but it really balances out the kind of sinal, sinal, sinus cavity sort of usage, if you like, and feels way better. But it takes a long time. Um, but I think it was Patrick McKeown who, who, who did some hacks about how to clear one side of blockage or if you've got a blockage in your nose because that's often what puts people off and they, they then revert to mouth breathing where this idea that you expel all of your um, air, pinch your nose and then sort of move your head around and you do that a few times, then slowly breathe out and breathe in through your nose again. And it's remarkably actually works. So um, we'll have to post a link to that. But if you check check him out, he's he's really really good actually. I've watched a lot of his stuff on on online about it. Uh, I haven't read the full book yet, but um, just just those little hacks have helped me massively. And I would say in the last sort of three or four years, my kind of capacity for um, well, two two things actually. One is kind of endurance and ende- endeavor at sort of trying different sports, whatever it is, or uh, um, uh, resilience in those situations, but also in stressful situations you know to kind of revert to nose breathing you're right the sort of calming of the parasympathetic nervous system is is epic just f- just from that one hack and it's it, it seem it's very straightforward when you kind of look at it but it's putting it into pra- like anything isn't it you know you can explain things but putting it into practice and then seeing the results yourself is the way to kind of go have that light bulb moment when you go yeah that's that works and that's, that's good for me that's it dude and on, on this front we're talking about all this one section in the book um, and, and, and uh, Mark Bell talks about this he's really worth checking out he's a great yeah. strength coach Mark Bell um, it is the taping of the mouth I've seen a lot okay, of so people doing this what, yeah. what this is you can do this um, let's say you get in the right get in the garden and you're going to run laps or you're going to do a little inter- bit of interval training or something like that you actually tape your mouth and then try and do it and it's it Mate, there's a lot of people who'd like to tape our mouths shut. <laughs> I've got this image of Liam and I gallivanting with our tops off, with our mouths um, taped up. People kind of looking over the fence like, what the fuck are they doing? They're taking this the, podcast well, way too far. <laughs> this is like a Pulp Fiction vibe going on here. But it's one of these ones where it's the sleep bit yeah. that's really, really interesting because, you know, you, you, you ideally want to nose breathe. When you sleep, and of course, the better you sleep, the, the better your sleep quality. Um, the, the more growth hormone you release, the, the better, quicker you recover from your last surf. Yeah. The better you'll surf next time, so on, so forth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And a lot of that's down to whether you mouth or nose breathe when you're asleep. And the way to know if you do mouth breathe is obviously if you have a partner, they can see you in in the night or whatever. You know, if they <laughs> if they're there leaning over, staring at you in the night, sounds a bit strange. But um, the other one is is whether you have a, a really dry mouth in the morning or not. Like if you, exactly. If you wake up from a bad night's sleep, you tend to find that your mouth is really dry. If you wake up from a great night's sleep, it's not. And it, it, listen, that's not, I know, entirely down to whether you nose or mouth breathe, but it's, this again, something in that. So what you can do, if you do tend to sort of get a bit of that going because you're breathing through your sort of half your mouth, half your nose, like kind of that snorey vibe, is you again you can you can tape your mouth shut before bed and it's such a fucking such a fucking strange hack but give it a try if you really if you're someone that really doesn't sleep that well that deeply there you go 
And if your partner then pinches your nose in the night, you'll sleep very deeply. If you got <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, exactly. It's quite a light tip. I haven't done it, but I've seen the the kind of again Patrick McEwen hacks of doing it, and um, other people that we sort of follow are kind of really into this as well. But it's quite a light taping of the mouth, isn't it? It's not a kind of. I think people like Ben Greenfield have done it quite a bit, and um, and that's kind of. But it's it's you're not talking about like gaffer tape wrapped round three or four times. <laughs> You, there is a way you, with a snooker board in your yeah, mouth. You really can, <laughs> if you want to, you can open your mouth. You know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's funny, dude. It'd be funny if, like, someone turned up to our lineup in the years to come. Like, the hell are these boys doing at the yeah. back? With duct tape around their faces. Yeah. These nope. are nose breathing. These are these are weird dudes. Um, but moving on to segment number three, just got some uh, mind body stoke things. Liam and I've been working on the mind and body to raise the stoke. And for me, and I've learned this lesson countless times, but I'll learn it again. Um, on the holiday, shaving the pubes, giving them a good trim. Because if you get those stuck, <laughs> when you're taking off your wetsuit, mate, you are in trouble. So I thought I'd throw that in there for this to begin with. It's been a, a good 10 episodes since we talked about pubes. The second one is, of Mind Body Stoke, is that in the morning, um, before surfs on my surf trip just recently, we had 10 days straight of surf. So I thought, right, here's an experiment, proper body hack. Let's give this a proper, proper crack of the longest and most consistent morning yoga that I've ever done on a surf trip. What's it going to do? How's it going to work? How's it going to unfold? Yoga and Pilates. So I was doing my yoga, uh, six poses, just round and round in a circle, six poses. One for lower back, one for ankles, one for um, hamstrings, one for upper shoulders and neck. Basically, just cover the entire body in terms of all mobility movement. Mm -hmm. Six poses, four times through, takes 50 minutes, and then 10 minutes of core at the end. So set the timer. And I was doing this thing where I was like, set the timer, one hour. When that beep, beep, beeps, then I can stop. Psychologically, just like, right, do this. And it was not easy. There were, there were a number of days where it was like, I was really procrastinating in bed. I was like, and I was fully awake because I wake up pretty early anyway, 6.45. There's going to be waves at about nine in the morning. I was like, just rolling, tossing, turning, like, oh, leave it for another 10 minutes. Because I knew that I didn't really want to face it because it was hard. And that's the funny thing with procrastination. We tend to procrastinate on the things that we know we're going to find hard, but... Tal Ben-Shahar talks about this, and we've mentioned this a number of times on this podcast, the five-minute rule. And the five-minute rule is this. Give something five minutes. Because it's only the inertia to not do something that prevents people from doing it. When we finally start getting on with looking at our finances, sorting out our diet, starting a yoga practice, whatever it is cleaning the car i mean for fuck's sake, it could be anything when we actually start we're like what what was why was i not doing this oh, i know why what what the fuck was stopping me making my life better so much better and the 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 absolute ludicrous nature of this human mind that's like whoa oh, leave it another hour or leave it another day and uh, it's just crack on and i did it and actually dude honestly i've never surfed better with more fluency, my snap, which is my hardest thing, 
of all, that's my weakest bit of my surfing, was just, I was, I was snapping so much better than normal. I was waiting to the last, last, last moment to take off under the pocket. Yeah. A bit like how, how you do, you know, yeah. you take off right on the little, the bowl. And I was doing that and I was sort of gliding better. I was getting low and all these things. I was taking a leaf out of the, the Liam Morgan book, actually getting super compressed and whatever. And I had this great week of surf. It was fantastic. And, and it was this thing where it became like, right, can I take that holiday vibe and bring it home? And I'll be honest with you, I haven't. Because time is tighter yeah. when I'm at home. But I've I've kept up 40 minutes of it, whereas before I would only ever normally do about 15 minutes in the morning mm. of stretching. So I'm doing like a consistent 40 per yeah. morning now. Mate, it's, it's game changing. It is absolutely game changing for your surfing. I, if you are more mobile, you will surf better. I couldn't Fact. agree more. I think it's like anything, isn't it? It's it's also doing those, working things into your, I say all the time, into your day. So it just becomes part of the day. And the hardest bit is starting. Now, I'm a terrible procrastinator as well with a lot of things. But if if you just start doing it, I was, there's a guy, he's an actor actually, he's in, I think the series called Reacher, he's a big, big guy, very, very athletic build. But he was talking about kind of inertia and, and him as well really struggling with, um, starting and doing stuff so he has this thing in his head which i've i really relate to because i've done it a lot with my um exercise programs over the years and and as you get older you really have to push this is he goes i'll just it's the next stop sign philosophy and his thing is i'll just go to the next stop sign or i'll go to you know whatever landmark you choose or whatever marker so if you're running if you're doing anything you might be a weight station i'll, I'll just do one more I'll actually just do another bit. I'll just, just go to that little bit there. And your brain goes, oh, I'll get there. And then once you get to that bit, you go, well, you might as well do a little bit more then. And that kind of trains resilience eventually, doesn't it? And over time, once you get going, you then can do that with anything. You can apply that to any area of your life. It's like, I'll just do another one of those. I'll just do, obviously, if it's beers, it's a tricky thing. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like exercise and particularly cycling, running, distance stuff is good and same with surfing you know i'll just paddle that little bit harder i'll just get through the next set i'll just then go for another wave or whatever it might be and you can eke out because your mind's going to fail along almost before your body does and so if you can sort of push your mind harder your body will just go along with it so true dude. Uh, so i like that I, li I like that i'm sort of really keen and then those bits where you exactly that you sort of work it into your daily routine where you just think well i'm just going to do a little bit every day and those gains or just tiny little things it's just tiny dials of something over a course of like a month the gains are massive you know it's, it's so cool dude I, and I, I really think that there's this morning bit which is sort of sacred yeah how you start the day for your body uh, and mind obviously and what's interesting with oh my God, I don't even like the word yoga to be honest because actually it's just stretching. I call it stretching breathing because that's what it is. I just do basic stretches with breathing. And the idea with the breathing is to focus the mind and calm the body and get your sort of all your parasympathetic nervous system juices flowing and serotonin and feel good hormones and all that good stuff to start the day well. But what's interesting with anything like that, with anything like meditation, yoga, things like this, just using those labels just for, for what I'm saying here, yeah. that what makes them challenging is you don't get, and I think we discussed this on previous show, you don't get the endorphin feedback that you get with a hit workout, with a cycle up a hill, with a surf, with like something explosive, something that gets you going real quick and gets the sweats 
the, the sweat glands firing. Because once you really are in a sort of like maybe even the fifth minute, tenth minute of a of a workout of some kind, the endorphins give you this natural yeah. feel-good rhythm and it, and it thrusts you onto the next stage and so on. Mm-hmm. With just stretching for the sake of being more mobile, the feedback loop isn't so obvious. So it absolutely is get to the next stop sign. And I loved when you said that because it really, really related. I, I had an absolute yes, Liam. I've never done more yoga in my life than on that holiday. I've never benefited more for my surfing, but I've never found something more challenging. Yeah. Because that hour, my mind was like, oh, geez, I'm going to try and do this hour again. Like, fuck's mm-hmm. sake. And there's no strong feedback loop. There's no endorphin. It's just breathing. Yeah, you feel amazing by the end. You do. You mm-hmm. you feel this glow, this kind of gentle glow, calmness and everything. But it's not like bang endorphins. Yeah. And and it's not bang coffee because I wasn't having coffee before. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just water. Just get yeah. up, water. And That is tricky. It, and, it, and the stop sign was, because I had a load of times I wanted to give up. Loads of times. And it was like, another round of poses just another round I can just I know I can just do one more and I got to maybe and then before I know I look back at the clock I'm like fuck I've done 35 minutes yeah I'm kind of there now and I start doing my side planks and my front planks and I'm doing lower back stuff and this and that and I'm like fuck me it's 50 minutes and shit I'm almost there well and it's, it's so it's sort of weird isn't it we're so well such a human thing to want to not do it and give up and whatever else you know well, I relate it very much to anybody who's been through like improvement from an injury or, or, or improvement in fitness. Is that you? You think often you you do all the hard work, you get to a point, and then you just assume that you're there, so you stop. And actually, there is no point. There is no point to stop at. You've got to keep doing it. And if you don't keep doing it, you just go back down the snakes, like snakes and ladders, back down the snake. And Ooh, then you, nice. And then you, that, very you, good. You've got to do it all over again. And the mind sort of it takes a while, it takes a few goes at doing that before you eventually go. Actually, this is an everyday thing now, isn't it? I've got whatever it is you're trying to improve at, whatever. I mean, it could be surfing, could be playing a guitar, it could be talking with Chris Martin. And if you need guitar guitar tips, I'm sure he's there to help out <laughs> if you're famous enough. Um, but it could be anything like that, and you just do a little bit of something every single day. But if you stop, yeah, I, I really even with things like chin ups and pull ups. I was getting really kind of into the groove. Stop for even a week and you're back further than you, you would like to be. So you've got to just keep incremental gains going all, all the time. And and that's it. It just becomes part of your routine and it becomes part of that pushing the, the neck, just the next bit, just the next bit. Um, but we're all human, so we obviously fall off that wagon quite, quite frequently. But being aware of it, I think, is the biggest um, kind of key to succeeding over 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 a longer period of time because it's an awareness that that happens and that there is no uh shortcut you've just got to keep going so true but if you do it every day weirdly it gets easier than stopping and having to start from the very very beginning so true and i get this a a fair bit because i I am pretty disciplined with my practices and people say oh you know i'd love to have your motivation and i'm like excuse me my motivation like yeah, well, because obviously you you know you're doing it. You're like, so you think that I'm super duper motivated? Yeah. To do it, to eat that way, to do that exercise bit, to do the stretching. You think I'm motivated? Like yeah, yeah, because you just do it. You know, I'd love to have that. And you're like, nah. 
exactly the same. Every single human being on the planet has is this has this human thing to inertia. And it's like every time I go to maybe eat that or maybe that there's inertia. Every time there's maybe that stretch or this or not doing it, there's inertia. There's every little good habit, no matter how long you've done it for, has the opportunity to flip and not be done. Immediately. In one moment, it can just boom. Because that's that's what it means to be human. You've got this kind of this basically inner laziness that is your human self that just wants to not do. Looking for an easy path. Easy easy path, easy path. And and so therefore no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. I think it's saying, oh I love to be as motivated as you. Nah. It's it's just it's just that what you've done, what I've done, what a lot of people have done who are listening to this show around the world who are, who are disciplined with their practices, which help their surfing, is they've been able to ask a deeper why. So that maybe is a, a, a question of motivations. And, and that is a sort of wider, deeper topic, not on the daily of the doing the habit, but the sort of wider lifelong sort of thing of like, well, you know, why? There needs to be a deep why, and it's to be able to enjoy surfing because you love it. Because you love life and you want to, on the short life, enjoy. For as long as you can. For as long as you can. So this is the deep motive. But that's not the motive that you think of when it's like six in the morning. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, because what you're thinking at that time is, oh, I could just stay in bed. It'd be easier. It's it's going to be harder. For our challenge, just going rewinding right to the back of the Go on. beginning of the show, we, we're in a sort of golden period at the moment where summertime, it's easier to get up. Your circadian rhythm sets really nicely because you, the light comes through the, the curtains early in the morning and you can get out of bed and you, you come outside and the air is warmer and you put your feet in the grass and it's a lovely sort of grounding practice. And, you know, if you have a coffee during that time, it's got, it lifts those... Um, kind of all those kind of good receptors in your brain um, really well. But the, the challenge is when it's December and it's sort of two degrees and you come out and you've got to do the same thing over and over again. And of course, as a human, yeah, you want to hibernate. And, and there is an element that you do need to hibernate a little bit more and kind of bring in different practices during that time to keep your body fit for, for surfing. But it's a really nice time of year to soak up all those kind of beautiful rays of the sun to you know activate vitamin d within your system and all of that stuff and getting that through the darker months and the, the winter months is is going to be the most challenging bit for i think everybody that's listening to this yeah. and, and us included and us included i think a lot of so people... that's why we're off to uh costa rica <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people have said that before i think i've i think a lot of people i know um, and I've got mates who... We're not really, sadly. No, we're really I'd love not. To be. We'd, we'd love to be, but we're really not. Is I've got mates who have said that line quite a number of times. And they're mates who go through a more up and down surf fitness life. They they Sometimes they're surf fit, sometimes they're not, based on the seasons. Um, with obviously summer and winter being in mind. And um, the hack around that is like we were discussing earlier, it's actually, it's this thing where when you wake up and it's dark, it's just still throw your legs out of bed. Get cracking. And it's, it's that, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not easy. And of course, nothing worth having life, having nothing worth having in life was ever easy, but it gets easier 
And that's the ear word that we use a lot. Rather than happy, it's happier. It's rather than easy, it's easier. It gets easier yeah. the more you do it yeah. and the more consistent you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you, you, you value, that's that word, isn't it? You value how you feel when you're standing on that surfboard. And it's, it's precious. It's beautiful, man. It's, 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 it's the inner world of how we experience life. There's, there's no, there is no outer, you know, success that can fulfill you within. It's that inner feeling of joy that you get when you, you're on that board and your feet are connected and you're ripping into it. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's where... That's the feeling we're all after. That is where it's at. And, yeah. uh, and that's why... Actually, I, may, I have to mention him another time in a show. That's, I spoke to this dude uh, who ads interviewed on the Grumpy Surfer podcast, a guy called Steve Gwenin. And you and I will chat to him. I, I just had a, a chat with him about his business, which is uh, a coaching business, which is all built around uh, work less, surf more. And kind of we've set, it's a separate chat topic altogether, but, you know, as a world, whatever you're passionate about, we set this sort of factory mentality up where, where you clock in at a certain time and you clock out at a certain time. And as humans, we're not really sort of designed for that, really. It's, it's, I think Russell Brand said it, you know, almost everything in the system that's been designed around us over, over, over generations is counter to fulfilling the human spirit. And that's why a surf is, a, is an escape from that kind of crazy matrix because it plugs you directly into this kind of uh, reason for being, which isn't really a reason for being. It's it's a reason for having fun. You know, it's, it's about frivolity and fun and flow and energy and uh, and 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 kind of this kind of deep dive into the woo woo of wow, we're all connected somehow. Something is connecting everything and energy. And surfing gives you that little. Uh, a cheat code to experience that on this quick fast ride that is a just a bit of water that's being pushed by energy and it's 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 it's, 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 it's surreal and so to kind of to get into practices that help you a a access that for longer and deeper is a, is an antidote to some of the crazy world that we live in really tis tis man tis surfing surfing is the yin to life's sort of not constant, but pretty heavy yan. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of doing and not a lot of being. And surfing is the epitome of just being, being a kid. Just releasing that inner child that is, that is in all of us. We only get, that diamond within only gets covered in horse shit. The more you buy into this notion of should, I should do this and I should be like that and so on. And of course, that we need to be responsible to, to a certain degree. But of, but of course, you know, the more we wear that heavy label of adult and have got to do that thing because I've got to make, make sure I have that much money for this and so on like that. And you go, well, do you really? Yeah. Right? And how much do you actually need? And you kind of ask those kind of questions and it starts to get really interesting. Well, the whole ma macro level of that is the, 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 more, the more people become immersed in should the more they start to want to control everybody else around them. And, and, and even if those intentions are good, uh, and in fact, some of the deepest tyranny is based on pretty, pretty what the person who's uh, exercising that power that's, that gets to control, that gets to tyrannical control and so on, they think they're trying to do their best for society or whatever. So this kind of should mentality that results in people taking control and then exercising that control on other people and stopping them doing the things that they want to do is, is the sort of path to unhappiness. And if you could sort of rewind that and just allow everybody to, to be and do the things that they want to do and get along with life in a good, 
wholesome, you know, peaceful way, then I think that's where the good stuff starts to happen. But that's in in a nutshell, that's what for me surfing is. <laughs> yes. No, it's a special, special yeah. thing. Very, very cool, dude. Yeah, deep, deep, deep. Dude, we were nearly deep dives. We, we were starting to dig then, weren't we? Deep dives. Deep dives in pubic hair. Right. Very nice. Um Segment four, surf media. Yeah. Anything to share? Um, well, as I alluded to at the beginning, Ben Gravy was here. We missed him. He was in Morganporth the week before I was. Um, he didn't get to see me surfing my Almeric flyer badly, <laughs> but a few people did, and I'm he sure they'll out. be right. He missed out. Um, and he was at the wave, and he destroyed the wave on this sort of 410 twin fin that he rides, you know, and he, he rides it really really well and and um so that's what i've watched i've i've kind of consumed that i'm really looking forward to listening to um the guys on the uk surf show um i think uh pete and the scottish surfer spoke to him while he was here i want to i want to listen to that and so that's my surf media really is is is, is that on that yeah ben gravy footage now um ben gravy in britain ben gravy in britain check that out i uh, got a real insight from watching him surf it because I've seen him surf a lot yep. on a number of different types of waves and even wave parks. And in watching him lay his toe turn into his heel rail, I got a, a real moment of like, oh, give yourself a break when you surf the Bristol wave because he wasn't able to engineer a proper cutback. And when he was then hitting the lip, it was this up... The lip. It's a it's a strange one. The Bristol Wave is is a, is a strange wave park. It's, it's got a strange feel to it that I still love because I love the challenge of it and I love I love the novelty of it. I love the sort of vibe of it. You know, when you're there and everyone's just like hooting and it's like really connected and I love all that way more even than the wave. The wave has to be there yeah. in order to have that. Yes. But the wave itself. I'm learning, and again, I saw Ben Gravy, and again, Ben Gravy can really lay his rail in well, and he, he's a good surfer. And obviously, he's shredding, don't get me wrong, and shredding harder than a lot of other surfers, but I'm watching him going, yeah, yeah, okay. He's not actually getting in a bottom turn, a top turn, into a carve or a snap. He's getting kind of like a sort of half this, half that, and so on. And apparently... The wave garden technology, the, the Bristol wave was one of the first ones. And it's partly why the quality of the, of the Bristol wave that we have in England isn't of the same quality of, let's say, the South Korea yeah. wave, which is another, another one of the wave mm -hmm. garden mm -hmm. techs. And Cale Brock himself remarked on this as well. Or was it Ombi as well? There was other people yeah. who, I know, who I know who remarked on this, who had surfed the Bristol wave and compared it against Melbourne. Yes. And you look at the Melbourne footage and it's just not even close to being like Bristol. Urban surf. It's urban cool. surf yeah. and it's the same tech. They're doing like, there's, there's some serious turns going on. I'm yeah, not, you know what the Aussies are going to say. Yeah, mate, that's because we can surf and you pommies <laughs> have got that. You're shit, boys. You're shit. <laughs> I'm not going to say that there isn't a grain of truth in that because we are mostly shit compared to Aussies. Listen, the Aussies, <laughs> these bloody poms are going on again about the, oh, the, the Bristol wave is not as good as the Melbourne wave. I'll tell you, it's not the... <laughs> It's not, it the, it's not the wave, boys. <laughs> it's not the wave technology, boys. It's, it's the not, surfers. It's not the wave. But when you see Ben Gravy surfing it like that and going, oh, okay, he's he's not surfing it with flow. 
I've seen Ben Gravy surf a ton of times, and I've seen him surf a lot better than that. Put it that way. Although, well, I, I was quite impressed with it. But I tell you what, I will say is that it almost makes me think that the wave, the board for the wave, going back to my uh, love of the the, the the foamy, go foam or go home. I think that go for, I've never heard the the, the the a foamy, a really good performance fo- foamy is possibly the best board for the for for, for a wave pool like the Bristol Bristol wave. It really could be, yeah. Because also, I think because it's soft. And you're dealing with the inside bowl, the, the the that is a heavy section. Yeah. And if you really want to kang it or float it or or hit it or release tail or do, you don't know what can come from it. I've had some gnarly little wipeout yeah. vibes in there and fins everywhere and hardboards everywhere. If you've got that soft bit of kit, it's sort of you can sort of throw a bit more abandon into it. And also, if there are people on the inside, it's maybe a little safer. Yeah. The foam boards definitely got their place. I think I'm. Yeah. So we fell with, look we fail, fail, I fell with Matt Biolas and I'm getting rid of his board. So if if, if Mick's listening and he wants to uh, hit go. me up with a new little Marley, I'm all I'm all ears. Done. <laughs> anyway. Guys, thanks for joining us. Nice to be back. See you soon.